Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And folks, uh, we're basically living in a in a in a encroaching fascist dystopia right now and um one of the classic uh landmark uh symbols or like practices of such a fascist uh fascist dystopia in fiction and in real life um is like very pervasive and very invasive uh surveillance into one's personal life um i am one such victim of this because uh people made a movie about my life and we watched it (laughs) I had no idea where you were going with this. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it makes sense, right? It, it does now, sense. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, this, uh, the NSA spied on Nick um, <laughs> from the past uh, using uh, time travel surveillance. Or they just watched my life and they, they made a treatment and they, they shot a movie as if it were made like several years before I was born. Like, right. like a, an early 80s action movie. Yeah, that's true. They Dur- just de-aged everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they just brought Tashira Mufune back from the dead as well. Oh yeah, oh my, yeah, that would that would do it. <laughs> um, so, folks, the, the movie we're discussing today is 1982's *The Challenge*, um, directed by John Frankenham- Frank- Frankenheimer. Frankenheimer, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. He's and he's the guy that directed uh, *Manchurian Candidate*, uh, *Seconds*, and *Roman*. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's kind of a there's a pattern here. Um, you know, *Manchurian Candidate* is about um, what if the uh, the North Koreans uh, were trying to uh, develop some kind of uh, mind control to make sleeper agents. Uh, right, right. Ronan, he has this one great scene in what is otherwise just a heist film, uh, a scene of like a weeb uh, painting little uh, samurai figurines. Actually, the 47 Ronin. Amazing. And explaining those uh, figurines to Robert De Niro. Um, So he has some weird, like, you know, Asian fetish stuff going on. (laughs) Isn't, isn't like the rest of Ronin just like a car chase heist movie? Yes. Like, like like you were saying that, but like, it has nothing to do with like the concept of a Ronin. No. So (laughs) it it tries to posit that it does in the beginning. Um, It has opening titles that talk about like the end of the cold war and how like how these cold warriors have been abandoned by their governments that's such a reach i love it that's yeah. such that that is such uh 2004 era like ninja forum logic that's so yeah good. it's 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 crazy um it would be it's possible for you to read the film as that um, but it's just it, it is not enough follow through. Like the characters yeah. are like ex CIA, two people are IRA members. One guy's a Russian. Mm-hmm. I think one guy's like a a, a German or something. Um, but it's it's just like it's 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 never like I don't know. They really don't key into that. It it could be much better. But uh, sure, this is not a review of the film Ronin. We are reviewing <laughs> the film The Challenge. <laughs> We we are treating the challenge as the Ronin of this episode by ignoring it. Yes. <laughs> no, but this this movie is wild. Um it it stars Scott Glenn, who is perhaps best known at this point for being stick in the Daredevil TV show. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think most modern audiences would know that. Um he's been in another one of our films. He was in the keep mm-hmm. as yep. a a mystical sword guy again as, Sta- as another staff <laughs> i guess that time not a sword as another version of a of a nick like fan- yes. would would be misbegotten fantasy like, yes <laughs> <laughs> um also very notably uh co-starring is toshiro mifune um the kurosawa veteran um Jap- japanese cin- uh, cinema ve- veteran um obviously like well known from Yojimbo, um, Seven Samurai, all that, all that good yeah. stuff. So you you name a uh, famous character as our film, and yes. you know he's most likely in it. Uh, that's for I, sure. I, I think he plays the the um, Macbeth analog in Throne of Blood. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Yeah, he 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 is like the archetypal samurai, just actor. Like he he that's that's it. Yeah, uh, um, he's incredible. Um, he's okay in this. He's fine. I mean, he's, ser- he's, he's serviceable. Yeah, the best as he can be with the material. 
I will I will say um George Lucas because he's the OG weeb um wanted to share Mifune to be Obi Wan that would be in the original Star Wars yeah. which would be incredible um and he he had he had Obi Wan vibes in this movie I kept thinking um yeah I mean obviously yeah, he's a mentor yeah yeah mentor gray kind of grizzled um, <laughs> yes he does have gray hair that's also true <laughs> yes uh rounding up the cast um are Atsuo Nakamura um Donna K Benz Calvin Young Clyde Kusat- Kusatsu Sab Shinamoto Kyokai Nagai and Kenta Fukas- Fukasaku Ooh, gotta get the gotta get my weeb credentials yeah, in order I was, about to say, I was like this is this is your time to shine what's wrong with you <laughs> I I do know Sab Shinamoto yeah. um Shimono, he he's like pretty prolific in he is. in like B movies mm-hmm. yeah definitely um yeah, that's that's the only name I really uh, recognize as well. Um, what's interesting about this film is, um, well, there's a few things that are interesting about this film. So, uh, 1982, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, Japanese uh, American productions. Um, that meaning, you know, Japan and America are like making some films together. Um, or we're just seeing a lot of like American films that uh, have some kind of like Japanese theme. Um, maybe they're a Yakuza film. Maybe they are a ninja film. Um, you know, um, a few years before this, we have the um, Sidney Pollock film, The Yakuza. Um, mm-hmm. But then we have like the, the whole um, the, the Enter the Ninja films, you know, it's so there's like this, this like Japanese influence on American films right around this time. So this kind of is trying to capitalize on it. Um, it was originally the screenplay, they were Chinese. And then John Sales, the director and screenwriter, was uh, hired to rewrite this to take place in Japan. What's hilarious is like, y- you would think like that this movie was written specifically about like, fascination like like american fascination with like the japanese culture because like the swords and like the samurai spirit but it i that speaks to how facile that fascination is because like it could so easily just be copied over to japan instead of like what it was originally intended to be yeah i mean it's um it is pretty shallow in this movie yeah to be honest yeah, yeah, yeah. um i you know john sales a great director a great screenwriter um, you know, got his start with Roger Corman, worked with Joe Dante. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I, you know, he, he was a, he was a gun for hire or a sword for hire in this sword one, really. <laughs> I mean, uh, apparently he just would like hole up with Frankenheimer in a, a Japanese hotel and they would just like bang out pages of this, of this rewrite and then like go film them more or less. Damn, that's yeah. <laughs> living the dream, honestly. <laughs> that's, that'd be great. Um, also notable is... Um, Several several of the Aikido um, fight scenes were choreographed by Seagal. Yep. Steven Seagal. Do you know that guy, <laughs> folks? Steven Seagal? Yeah. This is like hey, one of the first hey. movies he worked on. Hey, folks, I'm here to bring you the challenge. We're just... <laughs> no problem. No problem, brothers. We're just going to do some Aikido throws and, and drink some of my my energy drink uh, that I that I licensed back in the day. <laughs> While listening to his uh, his most recent like weird jazz his, album his or whatever, guitar, yeah. His, 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 yeah, his guitar album. <laughs> I think it's like Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolt is the. It has <laughs> an absurd name. Yeah, it's like maybe drawing on like Native American cultures or something. Yeah, or or no, like, oh no, it's it's like it's like mysticism of the Orient. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I think the Chapel guys talked about it before and. My my memory of that is there's this written review site called the Agony Booth, and some one of the contributors did a review of drinking Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolts. It, it's it's really funny. Like we we should link it. It's like the the way he describes like taking sips of it and, and feeling the power. <laughs> okay, you know I remember that. I I, yeah. I maybe you sent it to me actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So he does some of the Aikido. Is that Aikido? Is um. It's it's like a soft martial art it, it it's the thing where like you use your opponent's weight against them and right. like misdirect their attacks and like flip them over you and shit which we see maybe in like one or two scenes in this movie it's the t- it's the scenes like in the compound yeah, yeah. like the training only, only sequences yeah. more or less <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Um, so this film was rewritten by John Sayles from a more like family drama-esque picture um, that um, so we see some remnants in it here the Scott Glenn's character of Rick Murphy is an American boxer in the original story he was just like kind of an American like bar fighter um, you know a- akin to something like Roadhouse uh, okay. and then uh, he would go to I think China and he would like have a, a father-son relationship with like a character which again we still kind of see in this movie there's a the little japanese uh, boy yeah. Um, yeah. but it's really underplayed um and the, the main story is between mafune and his brother the yoshida brothers and these these swords that they have so i will say that i love his name that his name is rick it's like uh, it's this is nick this is, oh this yeah i didn't even think about that that's great <laughs> wow yeah um the movie didn't do too well i mean it only made 3.6 million yeah i couldn't find how much it was made for but i assume it was made for a little more bit than more that. than that <laughs> <laughs> if they, the fact they have to hide it it's like it yeah says exactly it um i mean fuck reviews we got we got no review this is this is the review folks yeah. we're doing the review right now yeah i, um, mean, I, I will s- no one liked it like i i there's yeah. some you can find some reviews and like everybody's just like oh it's just kind of like a, a second rate uh um chuck norris movie and they're wrong there because chuck norris at least like knows martial arts where like scott glenn <laughs> does not know martial arts at all it seems to me like scott glenn would be a better real life fighter than a lot of like these on-screen people but like he doesn't have like the flashy acrobat like athleticism acrobatics to like be like a cinematic fighter you know yeah yeah i um, and really i mean he doesn't do anything like this again i don't think like a lot of other yeah. movies he's in like he has guns like that's kind of his thing after yeah he, this. He, he's he's a gun guy or he's like a hard-ass aging grizzled military guy yeah stuff like that um, he's great. I love him. He's not really great in this. I mean, again, no, like he's, like Mifune, he's given very little to work with. I mean, no one is. Yeah. There's well, there's one character. Um, oh, yeah, that guy's great. I don't even remember yeah. what his name is, but um, he's the bad guy's henchman, and he's he, yeah, he's yeah. We'll talk about it more he, in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this movie, it's it it easily could be cut down. Like like this th- this could be like. A seventy-five minute movie. Yeah, it's two hours. It, there's no reason for it. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, it, it definitely needed like w- a few more edits, a few more passes in the script. Um, it is, it is just like overloaded in terms of content. So yeah, um, befitting, befitting my idea that like Scott Glenn would be more of a badass in real life than Chuck Norris, but like Chuck Norris just can fight better. Uh, when we meet Scott Glenn, Rick, he's um, he's a he's like a prize fighter kind of yeah. like a like like a, a testing guy that like his manager wants to test like other potential prize fighters against or something yeah it's really not specified and we only see that one scene of him like boxing i thought that would come back throughout the film like i thought it would be like an east meets west so, you know like uh you know kind of like yep, me too. british rules boxing versus yep. like you know the exotic techniques of of, of nippon or right something. It's, like, yeah. it's not that at all <laughs> the, yeah they um and the boxing connection made me think of daredevil again because daredevil right his father's a his boxer, dad's a boxer and, and, right and in some of the comics daredevil combines boxing with with like aikido and stuff like yeah that. and like that's his that's his thing but it doesn't happen here it's no. it's it's barely an east meets west film um yep. it's more of like a traditional meets modern like japan film yeah there's there's some there's an interesting blend of like new modern japan versus old traditional japan which is like very indicative of japan in the 80s in um going into the 90s i feel just because like that's japan's economy was very weird it it was like really bad and then it surged after world war ii right Mm. yeah you get all this stuff like um lean manufacturing and all that mm -hmm. crap yeah and, and and just investing heavily into elect- electronics and everything like with the advent of personal computers and um so that like that much is very accurate for like i th- i think contemporaneous depictions of like japanese identity f- like both within but bo- both from japanese people and both from outside people looking at the country mhm 
Yeah. But again, it's really not the focus either, right? I mean, the focus is like no, no, I mean, the just sword the shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but like it's the sword shit. It's like the ancient traditional good guy Mifune with the sword versus his like shitty upstart smarmy businessman younger, younger brother. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that's, comes later because like more to the point when when Scott Glenn is is he's fired from being a fighter. Um, he's visited, or first, he's chilling on his couch, and he's eating yes. a sandwich and drinking a beer, which is helpful. I think it's just me. a piece of chicken. Like, I think it's just, like, fried chicken. <laughs> There's, he doesn't have a plate. He's just holding it in his hand. He bought the Felsun meal extraordinaire, um, one of those pre-cooked rotisserie chickens yes. at, the, at the grocery store. <laughs> his apartment is, like, you know, sparsely decorated. Yeah. There's um, there's another Felsun uh, key item. It's the, the pull-up bar. In one yes, of the doorways. I did notice that. Yep, yeah, in the, in the bedroom doorway, he mostly has like old posters of his his prize fights. I think we even see his mattress, and it's on the floor. <laughs> Amazing. His table is just like a card table, like yes. a, this is a four person card table. <laughs> he has posters, of, yeah, boxing posters. He has like it, it's good. like just like these stained wallpaper walls, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a hotel too. Like when he leaves it, it's like a like a flop house hotel that he sure, lives yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. He he says something like, "Oh, like the furniture is not mine. It came furnished." Yeah, yeah, yeah it came furnished. <laughs> <laughs> also, his hair—he looks like Luke Skywalker. Yes, I thought that too. He has like a shittier like, version of Luke Skywalker's haircut, or or Prince Valiant or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a mixture of those. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's amazing. Um, but he's he's approached in his apartment by. Um, one of the Yoshida family members, I I don't remember um, which what his S- name is. Son in a wheelchair. Yeah, son in an electric wheelchair, and yeah, son in an electric key- wheelchair's daughter. Uh, no, 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 th- that's his his sister. Is this his sister? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Akiko. Yeah. I remember Akiko, that one. The, um, yeah. Akiko, and then I think it's it's just the two of them. Yeah, it's just them. Um, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I saw you kick that guy's ass." Um, we were going to go talk to him, actually, but we're going to talk to you because you kicked his ass. Uh, can you bring this sword to Japan with us? Yeah, and, like, it's, like, a, such a plum job. Like, th- th- this would have worked on me. It's, like, we'll pay you $500 a day. A day, yeah. <laughs> go, take, hold on to this sword and go to Japan and bring it to a sword master. Just, yes. That, that's, like, my... Fuck, fuck being that being my dream job when I'm a 22 year old fail son living it's at home forever. That's my dream. Yeah. That's my dream job now. It's your perennial <laughs> dream job right there. <laughs> yeah, five hundred dollars um, is that's a lot in 1982. Yep. Like damn. Yep. Um, just to be a porter. Um, so yeah, they they all get on the plane. They and weirdly, like the the plane boarding and deboarding sequence, it, it was pretty well shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 this whole sequence like we're we're kind of lagging a bit in the description but like the the first twenty minutes of this movie are really exciting. Yes, I would say um, after the next scene, it just goes downhill. But uh, <laughs> for this portion, it, it's pretty decent. Yeah, so he he hides the sword in a uh, golf bag with golf mm. clubs and. Um, you know, o- old school uh, security, like they just like the, the a guy just like looks at it, like the precursor to TSA, just like looks at the bag and he's like, "All right, looks good. It's yeah, golf clubs." Yeah. Although obviously, one of the golf clubs is a sword um, with those like socks on top of it uh, on the hilt. Yeah, it's, it's 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 such a charming glimpse into the past, just like a guy looking into your bag and then saying, "Go the hell through." <laughs> go ahead it's fine this is and this is why there were so many like terrorist hijackings of planes in the (laughs) 70s (laughs) uh so he gets to japan um the wheelchair brother and akiko also get to japan on like a separate flight um rick is immediately abducted by the bad guy yes (laughs) it's like instantly yep just he he steps out of the airport onto the curb to get a taxi and then a guy pulls a gun on him and pushes him pushes the the taxi yep Perfect. And then when uh, the guy in the wheelchair and his sister also get in like 10 minutes later, they are also abducted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they're, they're instantly followed. And then um, this is when Sab Shimono interrogates Rick. 
in in the in the taxi he's like why are you protecting these people they're not doing anything for you they're gonna get you killed and rick's just like not talking and then wheelchair brother and akiko their car gets cornered and they're pulled into a van oh with, that's right mm-hmm. well okay, yeah, yeah. wheelchair brother is pulled into a van with rick um akiko gets away right yeah so this is when calvin young's character of ando right 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 calvin young not he, Shimano. yeah, yeah so I think he's later in the movie um yep. but yeah ando then um interrogates uh wheelchair brother as well and they they find the sword because it was hidden in wheelchair's brother's wheelchair which i thought was yeah. clever but they find it later though because they kill him here you're right i give it away cut that up yeah cut that part they up. just they cut him to shreds here um, no what they do is they 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 try to f- wheelchair brother and rick try to fight back but um but calvin young's like fuck you fuck you and he, he blocks all their fight their hits and then he pushes wheelchair brother out the back of the van. Yeah, he, he just he's dead. Like he's just within the first thirty <laughs> minutes, instantly. he's dead. Yeah, and he, and he rolls off and he falls into a river. It's just like, yeah, okay. Uh, then they bring Rick to um, what I can only describe as like a a brutalist like weeaboo fantasy of like working in an office in yes. the eighties. Like it, it's like this concrete ziggurat. It it looks like where I went to school, to college for a year and a half, uh, the University of Massachusetts at Lowell. Um, it looks like they, that. They, well, they they have a number of like, like brutalist style buildings huh. on their south cam- on their south campus. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there, there's one building in particular. It's the library in South Campus. It, it's it's not like pyramid shaped, but like it it gave me that that kind of vibe, yeah. like eighties like american brutalism essentially yeah yeah and so this is the headquarters of the main bad guy um who i think is that's that's Sachimono. Sachimono's character of uh toshio yoshida yeah the brother of um toshio mafune yeah um, and it's actually the location is actually the Kyoto International Conference Center so it's 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 not as scary it's uh <laughs> yeah yeah it's- <laughs> Um, but he has a cool office. He has like a suit of armor in his office. He has a sword behind a glass case. Um, and he is trying to get Rick to ba- basically he wants Rick to get the other sword um, that was supposed to be delivered back to America. Cause like there, we get some backstory that they're the, they're called the equals, the twin. Oh, katana. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one brother has one, one brother has, or is trying to get the other. It's like, I, I think that one of them was stolen by an American um, GI yeah, in World War II. Yeah, World War World War II. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's also the, there's the kind of the prologue of this movie. It starts with like 1945 Japan and the ceremony of uh, you know giving the sword to the youngest son of in, of the new generation. But it's uh, it's that's it. It's just a really shitty little scene, and we learn that, and then we, and we learn how the one guy uh, was crippled, right? Like he gets right. slashed in the back, and that, that right. is why he's in a wheelchair. But um, right. it's it's useless. I really I didn't have to see that scene. It's played out again later as well. <laughs> uh and then um toshio is basically like to rick oh go go try to learn from my brother and try to get the sword for us right yeah which rick which rick does um yeah it's a cool temple apparently um it is an ancient temple in japan uh, that they were able to film at which is insane to me that's yeah uh, that's that's (laughs) bonkers it's like uh it's, it's a very cool compound it's like Something straight out of a shonen manga, just like yeah. a courtyard, several several courtyards, interior buildings, and like training areas and shit. Um, so Rick apprentices himself to Toshiro Mifune to learn the samurai ways, and and then we get like several overlong training sequences. Yeah, it's kind of the second act, right? Is yeah. really just training just- sequences. Um, some more like backstabbing and, and, you know, we, we see some of the bad guys yeah. come in and out of, of Rick's life, trying to curry favor with him, see if he actually Rick, has a sword or not. And Rick does steal the sword at one point, but he brings it back of his own free will. Cause he feels bad. Cause he gets, he gets scared by a cat. Oh yeah. Oh, that's um, a cute cat. <laughs> it's a cute cat. Um, and for penance, he has to, he, he is 
they they dig a hole in the ground and he gets in and they cover him up up to his head. Yes. So it's just he's just a head sitting in the dirt. Yes. And and they essentially just leave him outside for like a week. And then he's just singing songs. Like he sings like in the heart of Texas at one point. Yes. Uh, and just like some other like pop songs. And that seems like very uh, uh, John Sayles to me. It's just knowing his filmography. It's like this is something that he would do in one of his own films. He does the thing where like he's buried up to his head and a bug gets close and he like crushes it with his chin and then eats oh, it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little beetle. Mm-hmm. Japanese beetle guess yeah yeah yeah. um Um, he he eventually gives in but like that because he 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 made he repented he's he's forgiven and he's taken back right yeah and then he's he's we see more of the training sequences there like he he tries to train at first and he's really terrible at it and there's like that one um the one guy kubo who is like the prodigy um at uh tishiro mifune's compound and like kubo just kicks his ass like this is where Mm. i thought it would be boxing versus aikido yeah and it's not it's like this guy trying to bum rush kubo and kubo just throwing him throwing him throwing him (laughs) this is because like steven seagal like this this is one of his fight scenes he choreographed i imagine he's like no like we must show we must show the westerners that like aikido is superior to boxing like that's such a steven seagal like come on brother we're gonna we're gonna do some throws like (laughs) Steven Seagal's fucking amazing. He's he's a he is a Put, Putin's Putin's best friend. What yeah, a guy! That's right. Does he even live in America anymore? Like, does he live over in Russia? Who knows? There's no there's no way he lives here. He either lives in Japan or, or Russia. Isn't he, he must wanted be. here anyway? Like, I, <laughs> like does he doesn't he have like a sexual assault uh, like case against him or something like that? I would not. Like, I would. I would not be surprised. Yeah, he seems. Uh, yeah, this is not not well. Not well. I just, I, I just looked up his picture on Wikipedia. He's such a fucking parody of himself. Yeah. Like he looks like jaundice now. Yeah, he looks jaundice. He, he's no fat sharing, but he's like fucking enormous. Like he's not a martial arts guy. No, I mean his most recent films. The way you know people describe them. I mean, he just he mostly uses guns now. Like he can't. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a sniper now. Yeah, he can't actually oh. have a, a martial arts fight with a person. Oh my god, just, just, I have. I'm sorry, I have to just because he's like tangentially connected to this to this movie. I have to read this from Wikipedia. In addition, Seagal is a known environmentalist, animal rights activist, and supporter of the 14th Dalai Lama Tenzin Gyasto. He is known for his outspoken political views in support of Vladimir Putin, to whom he once referred to as one of the great living world leaders. He was granted Russian citizenship in 2016. In 2018, he was appointed Russia's special envoy to the U.S. Next paragraph. From 1996 to 2018, multiple women accused Seagal of sexual harassment yeah, or assault. That's right. Just, yeah, it's like multiple. That, that's that, right. that is such a perfect snapshot of who this man is. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then didn't he have like that... Um, that cop show he was on for a while too. Mm, I think I think so. Like some version of cops that was in Arizona, wasn't it? With like Sheriff Joe Arpaio, like weren't they good yeah, friends? Wasn't yeah, it in Maricopa yeah. County? <laughs> oh my, yeah, that's what a fucking. Hey, uh, he's um, he's got some problems, folks. That's for sure. Yeah, he he he's the dark. He he's the dark. Uh, he's the end possible. Like results if you go down the dark path of the of weebooism basically him and chuck norris like they're both fucking terrible people (laughs) well they're 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 both terrible for but like for very different reasons because chuck norris is like a christian fundamentalist like he's like a he's like a christian fascist like Mm. and and that that is a type of martial arts guy like devout like evangelical who like studies like martial arts for like health and fitness and sure it, it, it it's like a subsection of like martial arts samurai guy I think. yeah yeah definitely i know them well my fa- my favorite <laughs> enemy <laughs> uh so what else happens uh, so in the middle here we also meet jiro the the young boy um and this oh, again the, yeah, is that kid. remnant of the original screenplay where there's kind of this father-son dynamic between scott glenn and this child um but it effectively goes nowhere um there's some cute scenes where like they're doing training and you can see jiro in the background like using one of those like training sticks yeah that that's kind of uh, they're, they're, uh they're called boken that's why i said will, it because i knew you knew what they were actually called 
A boken is a wooden katana that you use for training. Yeah, yeah. And they can, they can, they can be like, I don't know about deadly, but they can be like very effective weapons too. I like imagine you could kill someone with one. Like if you hit yeah, someone you in the head enough with one you of those, you bash someone over the head with a, with a boken. <laughs> they will die. Um, they also do this thing, and, and I did have to look this up, but um, they they enjoy a nice meal of um, iki ikizukuri is it the eel? um it is eating glass? raw it, it is eating partially alive um fish okay gotcha. um specifically like uh they they do that with lobsters um and apparently apparently that's a thing i, I it, it came off to me as like oh this is like temple of doom style right. like mm-hmm. weirdo but yeah like i i know that um in the japanese like culinary tradition of like specifically eating seafood it, it it's not unheard of to eat like things that are still alive yeah yeah so yeah right yeah. they have the the lobsters that they literally crack open and yeah. take the meat Ikizu- out of and they're living lobsters yeah it's, it's probably called something like lobster ikizukuri but yeah. whatever lobster and then there's there's eels that are still squirming that they put in a like a Al- shot alcohol alcohol yeah. i don't know if i don't know if, i don't think it's sake he drinks sake later um yep. and then they like do the shot with the eel that's yeah, pretty yeah, great. It's, um, yeah, it's it's funny. it's a fun scene. It's again, it's very John Sayles. This is kind of yeah. his his wheelhouse. Like these these moments of camaraderie between a group of people. Um, he does that well. And I I um, this film would be fairly unwatchable without that scene. I mean, as yeah. much as it could be, you know, kind of like this 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 section of the movie would just be interminable yes without without like scenes like that and and i guess like the scene where rick he kind of bonds with with jiro a little bit like it it goes nowhere but like it it at least shows like they're trying to give it like some humanity Mm -hmm. and it breaks up the other monotony yeah of just like training oh and then there's these other characters who you kind of forget about and don't care about um we we have to mention rick does the ultimate like like the 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 zenith the 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 absolute zero like act of like being a white guy weeb he he really hits on the asian female lead yes like like that is and they fall in love and there is a sex scene there is a very awkward sex scene it is it is such like trying to have your cake and eat it too because like there's there's a lot of psychosexual stuff going on with like how weebs approach their like reverence of japan um and this this movie commits the grievous error of like of like giving them some wish fulfillment. It is incredibly wish fulfilling. This whole film. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I wonder if and I it probably is. It's just like John Sales was probably uh tapped to do the rewrite because like someone in the industry knew, like, oh, this guy's a fucking weeb. Like <laughs> <laughs> this guy this what would be what would be contemporary at this time like the, this this weirdo watches that that's that weird like gundam show like that weird robot shit like get him or, um, <laughs> or he watches like um what's the um the david carradine show sensei or no. it, it's it's he calls him grasshopper it's yes 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 yeah kung fu that's what it's called okay easy yeah, yeah. although that's kung fu is that's, it's like chinese yeah, it's chinese but still you know it's it's that kind of um asian influence on uh on american film and and, and tv and also like for a lot of people it's like what it's all it's like one of the same right yeah um but yeah I, I just imagine john frankenheimer being like yeah all right that guy he's a weirdo yeah. i've seen him around the back lots of you know the studios before let's get him um, but apparently and, uh, Frankenheimer did know Mifune and he was like, I can get Mifune. So we have to change this to Japan. <laughs> and honestly, worth it. <laughs> worth it, honestly. Um, and yeah, like the, the romance itself wouldn't bother me so much. Like if, if it was just more kind of typical, just like, okay, action movie guy falls in love with action girl, like that to be expected, um, especially in the eighties. But like they, they have such a lack of chemistry and, um, they barely talk that much oh, yeah. before they bang mm-hmm. and she like, like hates him for the majority of the movie which you know again yeah. that's kind of like a trope right like you know at first there there's kind of this antagonism between them and then they get to know each other and they fall in love and, but the way they get to know each other is they they stare at each other longingly while they're training with swords right yes <laughs> and and there's one awkward scene where they're sitting together in the dojo 
and she gets up to leave after they, they talk for a bit. Like they, they share a laugh. It's like, whatever, just a normal conversation. And she gets up to leave and he reaches out to her and he tries to kiss her. And then right. she's like, please don't. Yep. And she walks away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah, what? <laughs> and doesn't she like pour her heart out to him too and tells him like some sob story about her life and like her family? And yeah. I don't, I can't remember it, what the fuck happens in this majority it's, it's of this like movie. My, it's like my mother died giving birth yes. to me and my father, my father wanted another son, but he got me instead. So that's why I can fight. Yes, that's right. Um, it's just, it's, it's just very awkward. Uh, I just, yeah. I, I saw it coming. Like once I saw that there was this, this attractive, you know, Japanese woman in the movie and oh, yeah. it's just like, yeah, and the, at first the little antagonism, I was like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to fall in love. I was like, yeah. I hope we don't get a sex scene. At least like maybe just spare us that, but no, no, we get that nope, as well. We did. Yeah. Um, so then they, they go on there. They, oh, I guess like the other important thing is one of, one of Toshiro Mifune's, like his lieutenants, he's like my source of lieutenant tries to steal the sword. Yes. Cause he's, he's a traitor as yeah. well. Japanese George Costanza. Oh my! He even has those those the glasses, thick, the, thick big glasses. Yeah, the almost the exact so. same glasses. Yep, uh, and he's it's balding. Amazing. Yeah, um, yep. I I don't remember what his character's name is, but he's great. I think that's yeah. Is that Go? Might be Go. Might be Go. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Go. Dude's um, name is fucking Go. <laughs> that's like naming a guy Chess here or something. Like, um, so yeah, they, he he tries to steal a sword to share with you. Chops his head off, which is awesome. Um, they, the bad guy, the, and the, this is when Scott Klein runs away, and then Okiko comes after him. They have they have the awkward sex scene. They go on a date. They just like walk around outside. Oh, um, during like the festival, like the Japanese yeah. festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- this was kind of effective because like they kind of get lost from each other in the crowd, and then when Rick turns around, suddenly he's staring face to face with Calvin Young. Right. And young is like, it, it's like yeah. they, they they abducted her and was like spirited her away, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we should say Calvin Young from the beginning of this movie, um, he definitely embodies the like the modernized Japanese man a lot more definitely. than um, Sab Shimono's character. We don't really see Sab Shimono's character. You know, he's kind of the austere version of it, I guess. But yeah. um, Calvin Young is very much the '80s version of it, you know, almost like the wannabe Gordon Gecko version of it. Yes, um, I was I was thinking of the Asian guy from Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except this guy like, like has that. has like he he has more like bravado than that guy. That guy's oh, very yeah, 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 a fucking yeah. loser. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Uh, yeah, he he has like the slicked back hair. It's like it's like longer. Um, He's wearing like he wears like awful eighties suits. Yeah. He just like such a smarmy Terrible shit. Ties. Um and he just he, he's like he's out of a different movie too. Like the way he talks yeah. is so much different yeah, than everybody yeah. else. Like he uses more curse words, he uses like more like modern slang. Um he's he, great. He says, um, like I don't think Tashira Mafune is gonna want to help you because you've been playing hide the salami with his daughter. Yes. And like he should have said hide the sword oh, come on come on it's ridiculous come on yeah he is he has yeah. some great lines in this film um but uh yeah i don't know we don't that, see him much like he kind of just he just punctuates yeah, the he, film here and there he just shows up kind of except for the end which is yes. awesome yeah that's true <laughs> um so once rick knows that akiko is abducted he goes back to Mafune compound and he's like we have to go save her um so just here Mifune is like all right let's do it and he gets geared up he has he has a, a, a bow arrows and a sword isn't there a name for those long bows weren't you telling me that the other day yes uh they're called uh yumi that's what they're called yeah right. yes yeah. yes puffy Yumi. Um. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, basically, the boy version of that. Um, okay, good. Yes, I got this. Yeah, I know sh- this shooting. stuff. <laughs> Japanese longbows are cool though, because like the way you hold them, um, you hold them like asymmetrically, like wh- like you think of like the classic image of like an archer, like it, he hold they hold the bow like right in the middle, but with with a yumi, you're supposed to hold it. You're supposed to like choke up closer to the bottom, hmm. so like it's it's like seventy percent of the body is above your hand, gotcha. and thirty percent of the bow is below your hand. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's some like practical reason that evolved into like some ceremonial thing for that. But right, yeah. 
just like a distinct a distincter profile when you when you see like Kyoto being being performed or something. Sure. Yeah. Um so they go to the um what is in real life a conference center they would, but is the bad guys hideout. Um Yeah. Not not so much hideout as compound, you know. Um yeah, obviously it's not hidden. It's it's gigantic. The base. Yeah. Um Al Qaeda. Yeah, basically. And Mifune does some cool samurai shit. He he shoots people with his bow. He he sneaks around. He he draws people around corners and then he chops their heads off. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, there's a great sequence. Um, so they're they're in like the lobby of this building, and um, Scott Glenn is up top on like the catwalk. Oh yeah, he follows them. He follows him. Yeah, uh, he's and he's kind of like following Mifune around as Mifune is on the ground on the first floor. And he, he, he motions to Mifune because, like, there's some security guards coming down the elevator. And uh, so Mifune is, like, he hides outside the elevator door. And as it opens, mm-hmm. he just, like, chops, like, three of these guys. Like, one, two, that's it. Gets gets him. And then um, he's shot at because there's some other guards coming um, from the first floor. So Glenn gets in. Scott Glenn gets in the elevator, and he's going down. And then, as those guys are trying to get in the elevator to follow Mafune, who's going up, Glenn gets yes. them. Um, I think he also has a sword. He just has like a regular samurai sword, not like one of the mythical swords. Yeah, he when he shows up, he wears a mythical samurai sword on his back, which enraged me because you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> and he also, <laughs> and then he also he also gets like an AK. He picks up yeah, a yeah, gun yeah. At some mm-hmm. point. yeah. He does. I think it's like an AR. I don't think it's an AK. But. A, yeah, AR. Yeah, that's right. I think it's an AR. I guess like you could wear a, a tachi, like an uh, a more an older version of a Japanese sword. Like they they would wear them on their back sometimes, but like a ton are supposed to go in your belt. Come on, that's right? Like mm-hmm. obvious, yeah. Yeah. Mafune, does he wear his on his belt? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he right. does. Yeah. But that makes sense because Scott Glenn doesn't know the traditions. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we do get some of that like boxing meets. Yeah. Like that East Amer- Amer- American know-how grit meets like mysticism of the Orient yeah. kind of. I mean, especially yeah, with like yeah. the gun, right? I mean, that's a pretty. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a pretty yeah. obvious symbol right there. Like, <laughs> here's this guy with this gigantic fucking gun. <laughs> I did get some cool screenshots of the final fight, like the way, um, the the way they pose with each other, like next to each other, and like they they brandish yeah. the wep- their their own weapons, like they. It, it's like it's shot pretty well actually like there's some mm-hmm. like cool Im- imagery it's, here it's like the only time i was like awake during this film yeah. everything else yes. i was like i don't really care about this at all um but it also it's interesting one of those moments where like they're both together um it's when you can pretty much tell that it is like a conference center like there's just like this gigantic yep. like place where you would have a conference like with yeah hundreds it, of it looks chairs. like electric electric hall it yeah. looks it looks like a lecture hall from one of those brutalist style buildings at UMass Lowell. Honestly, That's like it, <laughs> it looks like where I went to school for three semesters before I transferred. Yeah, like, there's like a stage. There's all these the seating. Um, the seat, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a good it's a good scene overall. Scott Glenn does parkour at one yes. point. Yes, um, <laughs> he's. He, he he's kind of doing like the Han Solo thing. Like he he's he's running from a group of enemies and then he runs into another one, and then he turns down a third hallway and there's more enemies coming. So he like he he jumps up and he has like this half-assed like very 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 me like <laughs> affect like of like clamoring up. <laughs> yeah, while you're doing your urban exploration. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Any, but then it uh, culminates in a fight between. Well, it's like. It's supposed to be between Mifune and his brother, and it is and for it is. a few minutes. Yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's like a standard samurai fair, but they they cut at each other with their katanas. They Seb Shinomono throws a table at him at one point, which is like classic. Yeah. Um, but then, um, Calvin Young, the only other henchman there, um, he gets impatient, and he had been holding up Akiko like as as a hostage, but then he pushes her aside. And he shoots um, Mafune. Yeah, in the back. In the yeah, back. Yeah, like the back, upper shoulder. Yeah, he he critically wounds him. Yeah. Um, Inception. I gets so pissed off. He's like, "This is an honorable." And he chops his. I think this is the only actual decapitation in the movie. Yes, I think when they kill um, Japanese George Costanza, I think he just gets like it's slashed. Like, to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but he he directly just like chops his head off when we get we get a shot of that it's great yeah so this portion of the film like these these final 15 minutes um it like becomes like a trauma movie basically it's just like yeah. very it's very yeah. violent in these last 15 minutes uh and like graphically violent um yeah i was surprised by especially like the next death i was like holy shit <laughs> i was not expecting that yeah yeah um so then it's uh Scott Glenn versus Sab Shimono um, at this point. Yeah, because he, he, he picks up the sword, the fallen sword from whom Athena had dropped it. And they fight, and it's pretty great. It's like through this office building, and they're just like jumping on tables yes. and like running around. And he's using like, he uses a stapler at one point. Like uh, Scott Glenn like yeah. staples Sab Shimono in the head, <laughs> and he cuts like the so, like fax machine cord, and he like tries to execute her. Sab Shimono shines um, a lamp yes. in Scott yeah, Glenn's right. face to blind him. It's so great. <laughs> that's such a failsun moment. Like everything that happens to Scott Glenn in this in this scene is like just like failsun moment after failsun moment. He's such a dork in this movie. Like he, he he's he like his his bearing and yes. his gait. His mannerisms he's... are so fucking awkward. Like a lanky teenager who just like learned yes. how to walk. Like a a baby deer yes. who just learned how to walk. He he really is just like we get a few shots, especially like in the beginning when he's still in like America, like New York, I think, and then when he's like on his date with Akiko, um, we get some like just flat kind of like far off establishing shots, and he's just walking, yep. and like the way he walks, he ta- like his strides are like way yes. too big, like it's like yeah. a teenager trying to like I have long yeah. feet, like I have long legs and. So I did so look fun. up. Apparently, he was like bedridden for a long period of his childhood, uh, and then for, for he yes. had scarlet fever, um, and then he had, because of that he also had to overcome like a limp. I don't know if like his like muscles atrophied or something like that. So we're, we're being so awful we're, for making fun. Yeah. Of so I was gonna say that before we said all these things, but um, I don't know. But he's pretty like somewhere in his thirties when this happens. I don't know. Like, and I, I say that endearingly because like. I'm recognizing myself in this. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. yeah, no, I mean, no, no offense, Scott Glenn, but like when you when you are running in this movie, Scott Glenn, it's it's fucking awkward looking. Like the scene where he runs from the the hoods in the um in the fish market, which we didn't mention because it's yeah, it's useless, oh my god, that yes. scene. But like, yeah, it's just like what is he doing? It's like a it's a slow motion chase sequence too. <laughs> like he's just like clamoring over things and and he he does this thing like that I would do often as a teenager, just like, like rolls his head down. Like, yes. just like, Oh my God, like his head rolls down and around and he like not looking at people. Like when, like when someone's trying to punch him, like he'll have his head down towards the person. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm just thinking of like wrestling with my brother. When I was a kid, <laughs> but like, like just having like your head down, like not looking at, like charging ahead. Yeah, like yeah. A bull. yeah he, well, that's what he does with Kubo. I mean, like yeah. he barely fights that dude. He just charges at him. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, it's, it's such a weird physical presence in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And for him to be the lead character, like, yeah. it's nuts. Uh, it's great, it's great. But yeah, so he, he fights Sab Shimono, and um, uh, a, um, a cubicle partition is actually Sab Shimono's uh, undoing, because... Uh, uh, Scott Glenn is behind this cubicle partition and Sab Shimono uh, stabs it. He thinks he's going to get Glenn, but he misses and his his sword is stuck in the partition. And then uh, Scott Glenn, with his mis- mystical sword, uh, cuts Sab Shimono's head in half. Uh, mm-hmm. And we see it graphically for like a split second. But that's, this is really, it's like, I was like, this is a tr- fucking trauma movie. This is. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um,. And then he goes back to, to Shimofune and Akiko, and they they reconcile, and the the swords are together finally. Yeah, and that's like the movie. Cut to credits. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. Perfect. I will say the f- ten out of, ten out of ten. Yeah. The first shot of the movie is great too, because it's just the two swords, but it's yep. in like kind of this like Japanese like ink art style. Yeah the the whole credit sequence, the opening credit sequence is cool. Um, it's Toshimofune posing with the sword. And like then it freezes, right? And like it, mm-hmm. it stylistically changes to appear like a, like a scroll painting yeah. or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, but I remember seeing that shot 
And I was like, holy fuck, Nick's going to jizz when he sees this. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, folks. I did. did. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a not an amazing movie, but like I feel like some enterprising weeb could make a cut of existing footage and get like a fun 45 minute oh, yeah. like demo reel mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube and just like watch the opening and then skip ahead to the end. Like really just that's it. This, oh, and the, the, the obviously like... the uh, the dinner <laughs> sequence where they eat the the raw fish, but that's about it. Um also a uh, kind of an alternate recommendation. Like th- this is I I think we've been developing this theory that like some movies are suitable for like background gaming movies because that that was such a huge like right when this movie would have appealed to me the most like phil son after college like that was what i would do i would play video i've I've alluded to this many times in the podcast but like play games watch king of the hill in the background or something like like this movie is perfect i have seen him do it folks uh (laughs) i can confirm yes I, I would force Lewis to sit on my bed and make, watch me do Yeah, and, and we would play, like, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Yep, hell yeah. Uh, hell PS2. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's really that's the perfect way to watch this film. Uh, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in it. I wouldn't, you know, try to focus solely on this film because uh, it's impossible. I was on my phone a lot during this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the fact that it's on YouTube for free and it's still on YouTube yes. for free kind of says it says it yes. all. Yes, I mean, like, and it's a film by John Frankenheimer. Like, he's a big-name director. <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of shitty films, though. Like, we could do several of his films. His last film, Reindeer Games, that might be a good Christmas one for us. It's a Ben Affleck, like, heist movie where mm. they all dress like Santas. Yeah. Great. That'd be great. Very poorly received. Um, workers of note, we have one person, um, I guess, besides the aforementioned Seagal, <laughs> who's... <laughs> uh, we have um, Fergus O'Fay. Amazing. Which is an interest, amazing name. name. Yeah. Uh, assistant stunt coordinator. Um, uncredited, so special, special mention for Fergus O'Fay. <laughs> there's like a thousand stunt people and stunt coordinators on this film um but yeah the stunts were cool especially the the final fight sequence so you know kudos and of course stunt uh coordinators and and stuntmen never get you know the the acclaim that they deserve the stuff seagal worked on sucked the stuff that frigus ofe worked on it's true like the aikido stuff was dumb like useless in this movie for a film that's it was just so like re- rewritten to be a martial arts movie, there is not enough yeah. martial fucking arts in this movie. And see, like, f- f- the thing with fight scenes, like, ner- nerds get their underwear so twisted over this bullshit, like, because, like, that they'll, if it's a fight scene they don't like, they can rationalize it however they want. They'd be like, oh, it's e- either it's unrealistic or um, it looks too realistic and it's boring. It's not like, it's not like, like cinemat like it 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 doesn't fit into like cinematography sure. you know um but if they like it they will use the same logic just they'll twist it they'll be like oh like it's not supposed to be realistic it's supposed to like look good or oh it's not supposed to look good it's supposed to be realistic right um and i think this aikido sequence kind of reveals that because like i'm sure for all his faults Seagal probably just knows martial arts fairly well um or or at least like in theory like he he knows like enough to pass himself off as an expert so like I, I'm, I'm sure the aikido like techniques seen on screen are, are accurate yeah. but like they're, they're shot boringly and the point of the movie isn't supposed to be like a, a inaccurate representation of aikido the point of the movie is to be an accurate like crazy weeaboo fantasy so like you can sh- you can you can shoot aikido moves to be realistic but also to look good and not be repetitive and boring yeah which they are mm-hmm yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I would say, besides the final fight sequence, none of the other martial arts sequences like really fit this film. Like yeah. tonally, yeah. structurally, they don't really fit the story. Like they just kind of they exist because that's what they think the audience wants. Um, yep. But even then, they're yep. fucking boring. Yep. 
They should have yeah, been more um, sword shit. Like, honestly, the fact that there's only one fucking sword fight in this movie. Yep. The fact that they took, like, a boxer and, like, shoved him into a sword fighter-shaped hole. Right. You, I think you could do that in an action movie. Just they don't do it but well. But he's got to box more than once. That's, like, yeah. as simple as that. Like, literally, the Kubo scene is when he's supposed to box <laughs> Kubo. And he yep. doesn't box and, him. <laughs> And when he's fighting Seb Shinomono at the end, like they they could have like locked their swords and then he could have like punched him right. in the face or something. something. Like, yeah. like literally, you forget he's a prize fighter after the first fifteen yeah. minutes of this movie because like he just sucks it, at fighting. It ju- it just translates like oh this guy knows how to take a punch and that like translates to equivalent like know how and and like oh he can fight with swords right. too yeah. Uh, it's a missed opportunity. It could be great. Like, I was super excited for this movie. Um, when I Actually, I was listening to John Sayles talk about this movie on Joe Dante and Josh Olsen's podcast, The Movies That Made Me. I was like, holy shit. This movie yep. could go either way. But, I mean, I love John and it Sayles. Did. It went, it and went, it, it went and one it went way. it went one way, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, he... Um, the poster's awesome, The poster's too. great. It's just shirtless Scott yes. Glenn, like swinging a katana around above his But again, you know, it's marketed that way, and then you'd be very disappointed if you watch this movie and you want more of that because you get it in the last five minutes. Oh, my God. And the the two taglines in this poster, I didn't even recognize them earlier. They're they're insane. The first one, he has trained every thought, every muscle, every nerve for this moment of truth. he hasn't. Nope. He's fucking terrible at training. Also, there is no moment of truth. No, there's no moment of truth. He <laughs> he gets his ass kicked in the last fight. Yeah. Um, also, the other tagline, one American against all odds. Oh, my God. His nationality, like, th- there is fertile ground to make, like, Japanese xenophobia versus, like, American individualism. And that's hack. That's so hack right. at this point. But, like... For 1982, like I'm surprised they didn't play that up more. Right, I, that's right. That's what I thought the movie would be about, and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Miss opportunity, folks. Miss opportunity. Yeah. Um. So, our closing thoughts. Uh, broke recommendation. Um, for for white boy fans of Glorious Nippon, <laughs> this 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 movie is. This movie is pure uncut pornography for you. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case, it's just it is. It is straight up just directly caters to you um, for a slightly more slightly for a way more um, healthy perspective. Um, just anyone who's interested in Japanese culture, but like kind of like the burgeoning consumerism of the 80s in Japan. Um, there's a lot of interesting establishing shots of like like Japanese outdoor malls, Japanese like yeah. main streets in, in, in Tokyo, like um the the fashion the the commercialism the consumerism like it's all it's all captured very well with just like a lot a lot of like the like i said like establishing establishing shots and like b-roll that's shown yeah no i think that's accurate um so for our woke recommendation uh toshiro mifune completionists of course uh if if you like uh toshiro mifune and uh You've seen every single Akira Kurosawa film he's in, which is probably dozens, uh, and you want to see more of his, you know, um, foreign uh, films uh, because these are his foreign films, actually, since yeah. he is a native of Japan. Yes. Uh, yeah, watch the watch the challenge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to get like a taste of what he would have been like as Obi Wan, yeah, right, because he's a, a mentor figure. Um, with a sword. I, I forgot that he was also in that um, TV miniseries Shogun, which was um, yeah. contemporaneous yeah. to this. It was it was 1980 uh, through 81, and that was um, another big reason why we saw so many of these these types of uh, films and TV right. shows because Shogun was so popular. Right. My um, bespoke recommendation. Um, this this movie is like the ultimate sword guy mall guy synthesis <laughs> and let, let me just elaborate a bit because please like, do <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so back when bear with me here I'll, I'll, I'll make this quick so like when when america first caught like the kung fu karate craze like back with i think like bruce lee is probably like the original iteration of that um this, this culture of like strip mall 
sensei is kind of like that that's when this stuff really came into full swing like people establishing their own like schools of aikido or judo or jujitsu or kung fu or whatever and there's this notion of like kung i think they call it like um not kung flu but like, like like some derogatory term for like white guys who arrogantly think they can just like go to japan for or go to go to the homeland for a little bit learn some martial arts come back here and like make a cottage cottage industry out of gotcha, it Gotcha. okay but but all of that like by the time like i was a kid like that that was kind of like old and hack and passe so like the idea of like oh let's go to the mall and buy like throwing stars and like katanas <laughs> from the mall and like we'll hang out in the back we'll hang out in the backyard like, like that that's like my generation's version of like this insane bullshit um and the final fight scene of Scott Glenn fighting Seb Shimono in like what amounts to like basically like my mom's office. Yes. Like the <laughs> the idea of like using office equipment to like fight back in like that being like the Scott Glenn Rick Failson characters like his natural terrain because his mom brought him to bring your son <laughs> to work day and, and like know it knowing like how a typical like mall backroom office would be laid out like that that's what i mean right. like scott glenn rick does bring a special set of skills to yes. japan but it's not boxing it's like it's like his natural affinity for like being a fail son and working at a mall or like going to office with his dad and his yeah. like his dad's office yeah. with him and like every time he's so, in there he's just like bored out of his mind looking around like okay what could i wishing- do imagining yes. a fight scene in his yeah. head yeah okay i'd cut the cord so, oh on the fax machine and then i'd electrocute a guy with that exactly, exactly and like oh like they might try to blind me with the lamps that's that's a tactical thing to keep in I mind have to wear sunglasses <laughs> yeah at all times yes. when i'm inside <laughs> or transition lenses so yeah like the this movie is like it it appeals to my specific set of skills that i i developed growing up myself yeah no i that's why i was so excited to review this film um we'll find a better one i'm sure that's actually enjoyable oh, to yeah, watch. Yeah. <laughs> sure sure it it is similar to the last samurai like like the last samurai is like the the high concept high budget version of this movie. <laughs> yeah the period piece yeah all right, but yeah, that's that's a uh, my my life, ladies and gentlemen. The, 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 if if I if I were frozen in amber, in my my dreams and hopes and, and fantasies were 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 filmed at that age, it would be this yeah. shit. Yeah, um, I have another recommendation. Go watch another film called The Challenge from I think like twenty sixteen. Um, it's a documentary about like super wealthy people in Qatar the country of Qatar um people like these these guys who just like own Lamborghinis and like have cheetahs and like falcons um and it's just like this very it's a a short documentary it might be even like 80 minutes long and it's just like they're just doing crazy shit like they go to the sand dunes in Qatar and they just like have Humvees that they're just like flipping over because they're just like trying to like just rev them up these sand dunes (laughs) it's a wild movie um but it's yeah. it's it's good it's also called the challenge uh go watch that it has it has it is no relation to this film in, at all <laughs> um so yeah i guess that's that's the episode we we do want to plug our stuff um as usual uh follow us on uh, patreon if you like our content we would love to take your money <laughs> um, <laughs> we're we're at the, we're at the point where the money just goes to sustain podcasting equipment and like upkeep or whatever our lives um, (laughs) our lot yeah uh patreon.com slash pro underscore con no spaces uh follow us on twitter um we've started to post more it's pretty good we're we're high quality posters uh twitter.com slash proletarian c uh once again no spaces um follow us on facebook if you want uh facebook.com proletarian contrarian no space uh, and Instagram, uh, we could, for updates of our mascot, Celeste the Cat. Yes. Uh, Instagram.com, proletarian, period, contrarian. Yeah. I think it better uh, about posting no, uh, more of Celeste. I did go to the drive-in the other day, and I posted a yeah, shot yeah. of the screen. So if you, if you want oh, yeah. to see what a drive-in screen looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, folks. Um, hopefully, I 
we do have a number of people that we want back on as guests or, or new people as guests. So keep keep an eye out for those in the coming weeks. But um, I, I'd like to I'd like to get some guests back on and do some more yeah. of those soon. Uh, if you're a fan of ours and uh, you have a substantial Twitter presence, no, you don't have to. If you're just a fan of ours and you want to talk about shitty movies, yes. I don't know, DM uh, our our uh, Twitter account, Proletarian C. Hell yeah. Well, thanks, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, and um, the, remember, swords are cool, and you should get one <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, he's going to add some to his uh, his Amazon wish list. Yeah, I should. All right, folks, take care. Bye. He's an American. He's 5,000 miles from home, caught in a war between two brothers in the challenge. Do you recognize this? This is the brother of the sword I want. Where is it? Mr. Hideo, it's chairman of the board here. When you go below them, you're looking for General Motors. <laughs> Sword's the only thing Hideo wants that he doesn't own. This is a private war between ancient tradition and modern weapons. We wait for the battle. You're talking about who I think you are. They'll wipe you out. A challenge. You must kneel. I don't kneel. There's a lot of things in this world man has to do.